Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Today's scripture readings, the first is from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12. It is foolish to speak scornfully of others. If you are smart, you will keep quiet. And the second is from James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse mouth, come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Here ends the reading. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Thumper speaks a half-truth. Sticks and stones can break our bones. True. Words can never hurt you. False. Words are so powerful that they can do irreversible damage to the core of a human being. Think back about a child, a young child who is continually berated and told how poor they are, that they'll never amount to anything. That has a way of impacting their psyche. That will influence them the rest of their life. And while it may not literally break their bone, it breaks their spirit. Fast forward. High school, junior high, bullying, being made fun of, being teased. Again, damage that words do to the core of who a person is. Fast forward even more to the modern day, to where we are today. And we continue to see how words 
are making a difference and affecting people. And they are literally breaking bones. The mass shootings that have occurred over the last decade. We're finding that these individuals are posting the information and their core beliefs that inspired them. But they were taught those. They were exposed to those ideas, those words, either orally or through the written text. And those words impacted them, and they in turn went out and hurt other people. Right now, we are seeing an influx of the damage that words can do. There's a word out now, it's called insult politics. How politicians, rather than just pointing out the differences in ideas and philosophies that they're bringing to the table, instead they are insulting the others. They're making accusations, they're using words, they're using dehumanizing words, calling them the enemy, calling them stupid, calling them pigs. There's so many different words that are being used. And we are insulting each other. We're insulting groups of people. All of that is having irreversible damage on our society. And especially right now, with this virus going on, this pandemic, we have seen just in this last week how the differences that exist within our society and how people are viewing this pandemic, how that's being manifested in words. The choice to wear a mask or not wear a mask in public. People thinking certain things about other people because if they're wearing something or not wearing a mask. People making fun of people for wearing one or not wearing a mask. All of this physical distancing. You're in line, and someone comes right up behind you. Do you say something to them and ask them to step back? Or do you just endure that? And if you do say something, are you afraid of how they will respond to you? What's happening in Wisconsin? What's happening in Michigan? All of this is continuing to to build and fester within us as a society, and it's based upon the words that we're choosing to use as we talk either to or past each other. So as individuals who are trying to be loving, as individuals who are committed to being compassionate and loving toward others, what are we to do? If words are that powerful, what can we do right now to begin to make a difference? Because if we can't make a difference, then I don't know about you, but I feel like just kind of throwing up my hands and giving up and staying sequestered in my apartment. But I believe we can make a difference if we are just a little bit more attentive in how we speak and what we say and what we write to each other. And the first thing to do, the number one thing to do to begin with, is to start by looking at sacred wisdom. In the epistle written by James, it's really powerful. 
The context in which that passage is written is one where in that community there are those who are vying to be teachers. That's why at the very beginning of the verse it says there shouldn't be a lot of you wanting to be teachers. So in some ways you could compare it to modern day politics. There's only a few positions that are opening and you have all these people that are trying to run for that one or two, three, four elite positions. So they have to find a following. And one of the ways they find a following is to begin to speak about why they deserve to be a teacher and why these other peoples should not be teachers. So they use rhetoric. And a lot of what we see today, it existed back then. It's just today we have media that promotes it. Back then it was limited. But the power of the words was still just as real back then. And that's why the writer of this epistle steps back and says, look, this is going to hurt us. The way that you choose to use your words are going to have a dramatic impact upon our entire community. That's why the writer says, be careful about your tongue. The tongue is this powerful weapon that you get to choose how you're going to use it. The writer compares it to three different examples. First of all, a bit in a horse's mouth. A bit has this powerful way of taking this large animal with a rider on it, and the ability for the rider to be able to control that animal is all through that bit and the reins that go back into the rider's hands. It can steer this animal. The writer then goes on and says that the tongue is like a rudder. And that rudder, despite the wind that is blowing, the rudder has this ability to steer that ship and point it in the right direction. That's the power the writer says our words have. And then last of all, the writer says that if we are not careful with how we use our words, how we use our tongue, that it can be this small flame that can erupt and explode and burn down a whole forest. The writer is saying that is the power of the tongue. Therefore, be very, very careful in how you speak. The writer alone, however, in the book of James, wasn't just coming up with this. He had a rich tradition that he could pull from. There's some fascinating articles out there comparing the Sermon on the Mount with the epistle written by James. And when you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, you'll find in there where Jesus talks about the power of words and how they can be used for good or how they can be used for harm. But Jesus, again, he wasn't the one that came up with that. You can even go back further. And if you read Proverbs, throughout Proverbs, you find this idea of the power of words. And one writer in particular that really resonated with me this last week says the following about the words and our use of words in the book of Proverbs. It says, a summary statement of Proverbs advise about speech might be. It tells us how we ought to speak. Listen to what he says. Speak only 
when necessary and choose your words wisely because the tongue is a powerful instrument with the potential for great good and great harm. But the passage that I found this week that really hit me hard, and I'm not sure the impact it'll have on you, but it comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow. What a maxim to be able to follow. But I don't want to stop there. Because these verses, these ideas kind of take it up on this general level. I want to break it down even closer. What can you do this week to begin to align yourself and your words in a way that can make a difference in our society? When words can do so much harm, how can we begin to just slowly, slowly begin to broach, to, to break in to the midst of all of this chaos and provide a sense of peace and healing with our words? Number one, become self-aware. It's so easy not to pay attention to what we're saying. When I was learning how to preach, there was a very intentional effort on our instructor's part to make us aware of how we used our words. Instead of allowing for silence, many of us used fillers. Words such as, uh, and, like, those are filler words. They don't communicate anything. But it was our instructor's job to make certain that we became aware of the words that we were using, what they were communicating. What would happen if we would just occasionally slow down and listen to ourselves? Listen to how we talk to other people, be it on the phone, be it on Zoom, be it in person. Just listen and see if the words we're using are for good or for harm. So number one, become more self-aware as far as the actual words you're using. But another powerful way that you can become self-aware is look at the words you're using when it comes to writing. Here's a challenge you could try. Go back and look at your social media, be it Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever that is you're using. And go back and look at the comments that you have shared just this past week. Do they accurately reflect what you want them to? Do they promote goodness 
and healing? Or are they harmful and hurtful to other people? And then if you really want to take a chance, go back and look at all the different messages that you've texted over just maybe the last two days. And the words that you've chosen to use as you have communicated with other people. You could even do that with your emails. Just become self-aware in the choice of words that we're using. That can make a main difference, just having that awareness in ourselves. That's number one. Number two, before you speak, before you write, pause. You may have heard this before, but it's so powerful that I need to share it with you again. Pause. It's so easy to communicate from this place of raw emotions. We feel something and we want to react. We want to say something. Pause. Slow down. And just be aware of where you're communicating from. What emotions are alive at that very moment? That goes a long way in making a difference of how your words impact other people. I find to be helpful that when I'm feeling that angst inside or anger or frustration, that when I text, I text it and I don't send it. And I just set my phone down or my iPad down and I just let it sit there for five minutes. And then I come back and I read it again. It's given me a little bit of time for those emotions to kind of take their journey through my inner core of my being. And then I find out, does that really communicate what I hope to be able to say in a place that is maybe not as emotional? And then last of all, look inside. The intention that you use in communicating either positive or negative, can far even outweigh the words that you're saying, in particular when you're speaking in person. The words that you choose to use, they arise from in here. That's why in James, at the very end of that section that we had read for us, verses 11 and 12, he talks about our words arising from something, from someplace within us. And it reminds me of what Jesus talks about when he talks about how that we have this fruit, and a good fruit, a good tree will bear good fruit. And so, if we are willing to look within us, we can make a big difference by examining what our intentions are. What kind of person am I? And if we would reflect on that, is to do that self-examination, am I truly a loving person, or are those just words that I say? Am I a compassionate person, or are those words that I just say? But here's the key that I have found that works in my life, is if I stop, and before I think about the difference it makes on other people, if I stop and look at how I talk to myself, how I view myself, 
how I speak that inner voice to myself. If I start there and I begin to shift that, and I'm not as critical and I'm more forgiving of myself, that makes a difference in here. And then when I talk to you, that will manifest itself. So our intentions and how we use our words makes a world of difference. I truly believe that we're going to continue to see the attention arise within our nation about opening up and emphasizing a restoration of our economy and those that will be speaking very strongly about that. And then on the other side, there will be those who will be just as strong in speaking about the difference that opening up can make in the well-being of people's lives. Right now, one out of three deaths in our nation are because of COVID-19. So you have these two ideas out there, and I don't know if anyone knows where that true blending of both of them exists. It's beyond my responsibility to make that decision for a nation. But I do have a responsibility, and you have a responsibility. And that is to truly live out what we talk about here at Church of the Beatitudes, making love real. At the end of our worship, we're going to sing that song again, making God's love real. But that can be so pie-in-the-sky ideas out there. Or we can find very practical ways of living that out. And how you choose to use your words is a powerful, powerful way of making love real to another person and to yourself. Words can be forgiven. But it's a lot harder to forget them. So please, be kind to yourself. Speak positive words to yourself. And then open yourself up to that spirit of love that is in you. And feel it in your own being and then let it manifest itself in the words that you speak or write to other people. You can make a difference. Now, I, <laughs> you didn't really hear me. You can make a difference by just how you choose to speak or write to other people. We can turn this around. We can make a better world. We can make a helpful and productive and kind and loving society. But it's going to take you and it's going to take me to make that happen. Let's go for it. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.